Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, December 11th, 528 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are mixed this morning. March corn futures down one and three quarters at 483 and three quarters. March soybeans up four and a quarter at 1327 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat down seven and a quarter at 624 and a half. March Kansas City wheat down seven and a quarter at 653 and three quarters. March spring wheat down three and a quarter at 726 and a quarter. We had a USDA report on Friday. Why don't we start there? So the report was mostly uneventful. USDA increased its estimates for U.S. corn and wheat exports amid stronger export sales. The U.S. soybean balance sheet was left completely unchanged. The Brazilian soybean production estimate was reduced to 161 million metric tons from 163 million metric tons previously, although last year's Brazil soybean crop was revised higher by 2 million metric tons to 160 million metric tons. The Brazilian corn Corn production estimate was left unchanged at 129 million metric tons. Estimates for Argentina's corn and soybean crops were left unchanged. The Brazil situation is funny. So they, they cut the crop as expected. They went down 2 million, which is, is a conservative move. But they raised the size of last year's crop by 2 million. So in effect, between the two crop years, uh, the net production estimate was unchanged. And that's why when you look at the global carryout numbers for soybeans and for everything else, really, there were no material changes. I know a lot of people think that the Brazilian corn number has to come down, and it may in the future. They just didn't touch it, and they didn't touch the Argentina numbers. Uh, when you look at the U.S. situation, USDA did acknowledge in both corn and in wheat that we're seeing an uptick in export sales. So you, so you saw higher uh, export projections for both of those crops. Now, despite that, the U.S. corn situation is still bearish. So your bearish relative to the last three years. I'll put it that way. So we've got a, an updated stocks to use ratio projection of 14.7%, which is down just slightly from 14.9% in the uh, last report. And that's much higher than what we, than what you saw the last three years when your stocks to use ratio was running eight to 10%. So we're very much uh, still closer to like what we saw in say 2014 through 2019, like what I would call the dog days in terms of price action. So I, I know there are a lot of people out there who like to to hate on USDA and say, you know what, USDA is manipulating the prices lower. And you know, if that's the case, did the manipulation just start this year? Because the last three years, this is USDA's own data right here. Um, the last three years were really tight. The fact of the matter is, guys, this stuff just goes in cycles. We go in cycles. We'll go two or three, four years with a real tight situation. You saw it here the last three years. You saw it from 2010 through 13. And then you might go a few years with a more bearish situation. That's just the way that that these uh, agricultural commodity markets roll. That's the way it's always been. They're cyclical. And uh, for the moment, it looks as if we're entering one of those uh, cycles that's associated with poorer prices. That could change. We could see a weather problem or better demand or something along those lines. But for the moment, it looks like we're kind of in the process of shifting cycles, unfortunately, which I know is something that you guys don't want to hear. But uh, that's the way it looks. Large money managers have trimmed their net short position in the corn market. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday. During the week ending, no, excuse me, during the week ending December 5th, the funds were net buyers of 55,000 contracts of corn and 24,000 contracts of SRW wheat. Funds were net sellers of 33,000 contracts of soybeans.
So you got some uh, serious short covering in corn and in SRW wheat. The, the, the rally associated with the short covering in wheat was fairly substantial, whereas the rally associated with the short covering in corn was really not. I mean, you got what a fifteen cent bump in corn prices out of uh, maybe it was maybe it was twenty or twenty five at best, but um, that's not the the sort of price action that you'd like to see given the short covering. To, to see something better, to see like spot corn futures above. $5, you're going to need to see um, a substantial degree of short covering, more so than what we saw in the week ending last Tuesday. Uh, there were some private estimates out, as there are every day on uh, Friday. They're still talking funds net short about 160,000 contracts of corn and still net short about 100,000 contracts of SRW wheat as of Friday's close. Those are the estimates anyways. So if you guys haven't already checked out our premium content, you need to do so. You're not going to find stuff like this anywhere else. Joe, can you tell me about some videos you put together last week? Shay Folk from Eggview Solutions was on on Thursday. Does prepay make sense? Uh, this is some on-the-farm financial stuff. Uh, this is about prepaying for things like inputs, uh, getting discounts because of those prepays, but also how does the interest rate situation play into this? The interest rate thing is something you guys haven't really had to deal with very much up until the last year or two. So uh, this is some really good stuff. Shay really got down into some detail here. And then Friday, uh, Jim Urio was on. He's a regular contributor. He's on every other Friday. We do Macro Friday. We talked about uh, inflation, who benefits from inflation. Uh, we talked about interest rates. We talked about the economy in general. Uh, great stuff from Jim. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription canceled any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. You'll get our morning email every single business day at 5 a.m. Central Time. That includes our six most recent premium videos. Um, and that's it, guys. Just a ton of info direct from us. When I say nobody will try to sell you anything else, I literally mean like you'll sign up, you'll get our emails, but you'll never hear from us ever again. Other than that, check that out this morning, guys. So the U.S. and United Arab Emirates are promoting climate-friendly farming. On Friday during the COP28 conference, which we talked about last week, that is the UN climate conference, uh, climate change conference, the nations announced that a joint effort to fund climate-friendly farming around the globe has grown to more than 17 billion. So this joint funding effort, it is funded by governments non and non-governmental ent entities. Uh, the effort known as the Agriculture Innovation Mission for Climate was established back in 2021 and has since funded more than 80 projects. The initiative focuses on expanding agricultural research, implementing sustainable farming practices, and reducing methane emissions. Partners involved with the initiative include Google, Bungie, and the Nature Conservancy. So last week when we touched on the COP conference, COP28 conference, uh, we reported that meat advocates were attending to promote uh, beef as a sustainable nutrition option because, of course, uh, everyone that attends the COP28, basically their stance is that meat is the enemy of the environment. Um, so essentially, the U.S. and the United Arab Emirates have come together to promote what they believe is climate-friendly farming. That's interesting. I'm admittedly uninformed this morning. I live in Tennessee, guys, and like the worst of those tornadoes you read about were like a mile from my house. So I had, we just got power back like three hours ago. What does Google have to do with friendly farming? Did, did I they mention? I don't. I have. They did not mention that. They listed those three. Um, those three companies, I guess you'd say. I think it's definitely a red flag that Google and the Nature Conservancy are uh, have their hands in this. Um, I think it's also interesting that. We, the United States, states is throwing so much money uh, being a part of uh, promoting climate-friendly farming because we all know that what we already do is climate-friendly farming. Of course. 
So Ukrainian aid is facing resistance. A a proposal to provide more U.S. aid to Ukraine is facing hurdles as support for the war, especially among Republicans, is declining. Republicans are demanding that modifications to immigration and border policies accompany the funding. They They have proposed limiting the number of immigrants allowed to cross the border. Meanwhile, Democrats are standing strong with their open border policies and believe funding for Ukraine is necessary to avoid catastrophic consequences and essentially aid Ukraine in their fight against Russia. This is the um, money that we've sent to Ukraine. Uh, As of like October, the United States military, financial, humanitarian aid has somewhere around $75 billion and only the EU institutions, which I think are a bunch of things combined, are higher than that. I've kind of come to a, not a realization, but a conclusion about this. I think the two things can be true. I think it can be true that Putin is evil and he must be stopped and that the West should be involved in stopping him. But I think it can also be true that the US and some of the spending is probably irresponsible that what some people might call the military industrial complex is profiting hugely off of this and uh, that there's some crooked stuff going on. So I think both things can be true. I don't think you have to necessarily be on one side or the other. It's just an impossible situation. I think that the situation, it probably needs to be, it needs to be handled. I don't know if it needs to be handled in the way that it's being handled. Uh, Zelensky is going to be in Washington this week, I believe, and he's going to help Biden make this push for additional aid. It just seems like it seems like the goal is additional aid and not necessarily to to win is what it feels like to me. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently. Those are my thoughts this morning. USD, USDA reported flash sales to China and unknown destinations on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 136,000 metric tons of soybeans to China for delivery during the current marketing year. Exporters also sold 110,000 metric tons of soft red winter wheat to China for delivery during the current marketing year. Over the past three weeks, China has purchased a total of 1.2 million metric tons of SRW wheat through five flash sales. And finally, U.S. Exporters sold 165,000 metric tons of corn to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. I see China, China, and then unknown. I wonder if they're are they hiding? Are they hiding one of them? That the market's not acting as if this is corn to China. I feel like if it was corn to China, uh, the market somebody would be aware of it and we'd be acting better. Uh, the wheat market in the rally, uh, despite that sale on Friday again, has kind of stalled. Uh, we're what? Are we more than 20? We're 25 cents off the highs and. Kansas City wheat. So we've reverted lower, uh, at least for the moment. Hopefully this little short covering event uh, can find some footing here and continue. What did cattle do on Friday? Uh, they were able to find some footing. Uh, feeder cattle futures closed an average of 465 higher. On the week, we actually gained an average of 95 cents. Um, live cattle futures closed an average of 256 higher, but cash cattle trade across all regions last week was down three to four dollars, ranging from 169 to 171. Choice box beef ended the day on Friday at 288.01. That was down nine dollars and 45 cents for the week. Select lost seven dollars and 59 cents for the week. Uh, as of Friday, closing at 257.90. Lots of volatility. Uh, outside markets on Monday, guys, U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are just fractionally lower. Bonds fractionally lower. Crude oil is down 70 cents at uh, 70.54 last trade in the January WTI. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.